Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. So today I want to focus on what I think is an absolutely critical skill set, and that is decision-making. How can you make your very best decisions for the rest of your life? It's a good question, and I think it's an important question. When do you make your best decisions? If you were to stop and think about when you make your very best decisions, where are you, what's happening, how have you set yourself up to make really good decisions? When do you make poor decisions or bad decisions? Same question. Where are you? What's going on? Do you feel pressure? Do you feel rushed? What's happening? And then one more question. Is there a way to make better decisions every time? And spoiler alert, the answer to that is yes, there is. These are important questions as we reflect on the year that's ending and the new year that will be beginning soon. Every day brings hundreds, sometimes thousands of decision points where we need to make a decision about something. Every one of those has an impact on ourselves and on other people. If you look at all the decisions you make in one year, What percentage of those would you say are good quality decisions? Decisions that give you the best path forward. Decisions that give you the best possible outcomes. We don't always think about decisions in that way, do we? We don't think about every decision we've made over a year's period of time. However, decisions have a cumulative impact. They do build up over time, and it directly impacts us in a variety of ways. Have you ever been in a situation where you made a series of really great decisions, just one after the next after the next? What happened? How did that work out? What were the outcomes of that? What were you feeling as you made those decisions and they bore fruit for you. Now think of the opposite. A series of decisions that were poor or bad decisions. What happened? How did you feel? What were the outcomes? There's a great book by David Rock, spelled just like it sounds, R-O-C-K. Your Brain at Work. If you want to go deep on understanding how your brain works and how that impacts your life and your work, I highly recommend this book. Let me share something that I learned from the book that I think is a really interesting way to think about how we do critical thinking, how we do our decision making. The part of our brain that makes decisions, solves problems, and thinks critically is like the stage inside of a theater. Only so many actors 
think topics, ideas, thoughts, information when I say actors. Only so many actors can fit on the stage at the same time. That makes sense, right? The more actors that are present, the more our attention and focus are split. To bring clarity and focus to get our best results, to make our best decisions, we need to clear the stage of all the unnecessary actors. Then we need to bring those actors or that information on stage in the most beneficial order to help us effectively think through whatever it is that we're considering, whatever decision it is that we need to make. Here is another way to think about our decision-making process. When a thought comes into our brain, we immediately attach meaning to that thought. From both of those, the thought and the meaning, emotions are generated that drive our decision-making process. Here's where it gets tricky. When we attach meaning to the thought, so many different things can happen. Number one, our personal bias can generate emotions that are not all that helpful to make our best decisions. Number two, our brain may miscategorize the meaning. We may put a wrong meaning to it, attach a wrong meaning to that thought, which could lead to decisions that are not our best. Our brains like to fill in the blanks. And what does that mean? It means our brain tends to make up stuff or stories where there's a gap in factual information. Well, that can certainly impact your decision-making process. Here's another one. We may have emotions that are automatically triggered, which cause us to make decisions out of reaction mode instead of a more thoughtful mode of consideration. And the last thing to think about, our brain has an automatic defense system built in, which is triggered anytime we feel threatened. You may know this as fight, flight, or freeze. So you can see that decision-making has a lot of moving parts. So what do we do about that? I want you to take a minute and walk through an exercise with me. And I'll, I'll walk through this fairly slowly so you can think about it. You can always stop the recording and write your answers down. It's an important exercise because it's going to show you that there are structures, there are ways to create a process for yourself to better deal with some of the things that are happening so that you can make your very best decisions consistently. So let's start with this. What is something in your life right now that you are concerned about? What emotions are you having about that situation? I want you to name those emotions specifically. Next, what is it 
specifically about that situation that you're concerned about that is creating those emotions for you. There is probably something very specific in that. Loss of something, fear of something, a threat, or it could be a variety of other things. What is it that is creating those emotions for you? Next, I want you to think about what can you do to resolve that concern or that situation? And last, are you willing to invest what is needed to bring resolution? I think that's an important exercise for a variety of reasons. Sometimes if we take a step-by-step approach to navigating our emotions, we can bring resolution that is needed and will help us move forward. You ever just been stuck and it feels like every time you think about a situation, the emotions are triggered, probably the same emotions over and over, and it keeps you stuck because you're just in that cycle. The decision-making process is based in the rational and the emotional. And bringing those two together will help us to make better decisions. You can see that if these are out of balance, your decision-making process will be negatively impacted. Too much of the rational with very little emotional leaves a part of yourself and other people out of the decision. It literally does not take into account how that decision may impact yourself or other people from an individual and personal perspective. Now, if you think about that, the facts, the details, the rational side of things, those are important to making a good decision. There's no question about that. On the other side of things, If we think about the emotional, too much emotional with very little rational leads to decisions that certainly consider people, but not necessarily the facts and the details that are critical to making our best decisions. So there has to be a balance. We have to find the right balance for ourselves that allow us in our in our critical decision-making process to make our best decisions more consistently. Our best decisions come when there's a balance between the rational and the emotional in our brains. Now, I have a lot of people that ask me, you talk a lot about emotions, but what role do they really play in decision-making? What role do they really play in, in how you decide how to move forward? Many people I work with struggle with the role of emotions in their life. Our society is, is all over the place when it comes to the role of emotions. From one side, all the way from hiding them to the far side, the other direction, and just expressing all of them freely. That's why I like to approach the question of the role of emotions 
in our life and in our work from a scientific perspective. And I'm not going to go very deep here, but, but just follow with me for a second. Emotions are simply neurotransmitters that are released in our brain when specific stimuli are present. Now, in plain language, that means when something happens, our brain takes it in, it generates emotions that send signals to us. Those signals engage the decision-making process, which leads to taking action. This all happens really fast. So it happens a lot faster than listening to me talk about it. I want you to think back to a time when you felt a strong emotion about something that happened. What did you decide to do when you had that feeling? What actions did you take? Were those helpful decisions and outcomes? Did those actions and those decisions that you made, were they helpful for you? This process of decision-making is going on in our brain hundreds, even thousands of times a day. That raises an important question and really the heart of what we're talking about today. Is there a way we can ensure that we make our best decisions more often? The answer to that question is a resounding yes. So let's go back and think about the rational and the emotional parts of our brains and how they come together. How can they work together? Well, I'm going to share with you a couple of structures, processes, one on the rational side, one on the emotional side, that I think when you see these, when you, when you can picture these in your mind, you'll see how they can work together and work very well together. There's a method for making decisions in a timely manner that has worked very well for many people over the years. It's called the OODA loop, O-O-D-A, the OODA loop. It was developed by a military pilot, Colonel John Boyd, who knew that making good decisions quickly was critical to survival. And I'm sure that's true if you're a jet pilot and you're in a combat situation, you don't have a lot of time for decision by committee. You've got to make quick decisions and you've got to make good decisions. I want to share with you a model that OODA loop model for making good decisions. And it's very simply, you can look it up online. There are many different versions of this. I happen to pick one that is called the critical thinkers OODA loop, because I think that speaks directly to what we're talking about today. Now, it starts with the first O is observe. We've got to start with observation. We have to observe what's happening what is true. Then we move the next, think of a circle where at each of the major compass points, north, east, south, and west, there is one of these letters that is what we're going to do. And at the top, at the north, is observe. What is true? And 
to the right at the three o'clock position is Orient. What am I not seeing? What else is going on? I need to orient myself around this information, this thing that I'm observing. Then at the six o'clock or the south part of this diagram, it's decide. You've got to make a decision. What is the best decision to make right now? What is the best action to take right now? But that only comes out of your decision. And of course, the last one is the A in UDA, which is action. Now, what do I observe? That's what comes after your action. So this is a cycle that starts over. Observe, orient, decide, act. Observe, orient, decide, act. This is a wonderful, rational method for making decisions and moving forward. It's a great start for what I call creating a liberating structure. A liberating structure frees people up so that more of their time, energy, and focus can go to higher value efforts. So as we think about how to make our best decisions for the rest of our life, let's start with the rational OODA loop and say, okay, now observe, orient, decide, act. Use the facts, the details that you see. And, and as you go forward making decisions, know that that decision will lead to actions where you need to start the process again and observe what happened when you took that action. Now, how do I reorient myself? What decisions do I make now? What actions do I take now? And it's an ongoing process. Now, from an emotional perspective, there's another model that will help just like the OODA loop does on the rational side. It is designed by Six Seconds, the world's largest emotional intelligence organization and community. And it's called the change map. It shows how emotions can either limit our forward movement or accelerate our forward movement through our decision-making process. Let me try to describe this to you. On the, you've got three circles, one in the middle, one on the inside, one on the outside. The middle circle is a process called engage, activate, reflect. So if we think about making decisions, figuring out what we're going to do, decisions are a learning process, right? The OODA loop tells us that. Engage is figure out what's going on, engage with the situation, and then we're going to try different things. That's the activate part. We're going to try some things and see what happens. And we're going to reflect then on what happened, what were the outcomes, and then we're going to engage again. Again, another cycle that keeps going. Engage, activate, reflect. Engage, activate, reflect. Through that comes a lot of different learnings, a lot of better decisions. Now, what do emotions have to do with that? Well, here's where the emotional aspect comes in. There's a internal circle, a negative cycle of emotions, fear, judgment, frustration. People tend to end up, when we think about change, and 
If you think about it, decisions are about change. You're trying to make a decision so something changes. Something moves forward. And, you know, there is no no growth and no life without change. So this inner circle of emotions keeps us stuck. Why the change map? Because most decisions are going to have a significant element of change in them. How that decision impacts others, how it impacts the direction, how it impacts results. The goal of decisions is to get the best possible outcomes. So change is just an organic part of the decision-making process. And that inner circle of emotions that keeps people stuck, frustration, fear, judgment, just creates this cycling effect. And people get stuck in that cycle and it hinders their decision making. However, if people can move from fear to courage, now think of the outside, the, f- the furthest out circle being emotions like courage, emotions like curiosity, emotions like excitement. So if people can move from fear to courage, from judgment to curiosity, from frustration to excitement, they can move forward. They can accelerate their decision-making process. They can make the decisions they need to make because now they have the curiosity and the excitement and the courage to make those decisions and they can get better outcomes because of that. So, when we really start to put all of this together, if you take these two models, the OODA loop and the change map, that deal with the rational and the emotional, you are, you're engaging those two things in your brain and you're bringing them into balance, which is critical to making your very best decisions consistently. Our brains need both the rational and the emotional to function at our highest level. Creating the right balance of those, that is the way you make your best decisions for the rest of your life. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.